Hey, we're back. The team is back. The boys are back in town. Strewman here, the four outdoorsman. Sam is here. He's been, uh, oh, Sam's been here the last couple of weeks. Mark's been gone a couple I've of weeks. I've been gone. It feels good to be back. I missed you both. You must be a Dearly. multimillionaire, man. You just you just fish and have a good golf mm. and take your family and man, oh man, oh man. Well, I, my normal job is sales and this is kind of the dead zone of sales, right? And no one wants to do any business in the middle of summer. So I spend all my money and all my vacation time in about a month. That's about that's a good plan. And get it all done with, and you, uh, yeah. So I'll be broke and out of vacation soon, but the fun it continues. You know, we're blessed to do this job because we have an opportunity. We make good contacts and schmooze and develop relationships and those kind of thing, and and make sure we treat our sponsors well, and they treat ours our ourselves properly as well. And and uh, you guys had a chance to go to Balsam Beach Resort we did. on Lake Plantagenet, and Sam was up there for a couple of days as well. You had a good time, huh? Yeah, it was great, and I brought my wife and my four kids, and uh, we had a fantastic time. Before I forget, if you don't mind, Strew and Mark, I want to wish a happy birthday to my beautiful wife. It's her birthday today. She's not feeling too good, but she's going to fight through it, and so happy birthday. I love you, Kirsten. Good one. Congrats. Yeah. Good happy, birthday. happy birthday. Happy yeah. birthday. She's yeah. better than you, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did way better. What'd you do? <clears throat> did you see family today? What, what yeah, happened? we. Uh, I made her breakfast, um, went to church uh, like we do every Sunday. The was it out. cream of wheat? Uh, no, it was uh, pre-packaged oatmeal. Uh, it was an MRE. Powdered eggs. Yeah. No, I made her scrambled eggs. Sausage. I'm, I am a connoisseur at making hash browns. Got to be crispy, oh, I pal. Like, I like oh, hash browns. Yeah, I'm not. I'm Got to be crispy. I'm not denying that's true. But Kirst likes them a little soft, so I got to do half crispy, half soft. I've learned how to do that. But we were. Are you we an ad cheese guy or not ad cheese? I'm a cheese guy. American cheese. Um, I used to be, but I've uh, upped the taste to a nice cheddar. Oh yeah. Um, you ever been to a Waffle House? When you visit down south, listen to yes. these guys. Yes, you making gotten, me hungry. You yeah. ever gotten the hash browns with cheese on them? They're yes. Good. You know what the trick to good hash browns are? What? A stick of butter. That's the trick to pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I literally go through so much butter to get that perfect consistency, if you will. <laughs> and I just love. I freaking love hash browns. I tell I love you what, them I, too. I never I, make them. I think putting. Cheese on a on a good crispy hash browns is like putting ketchup on you know on a fillet or something. Both delicious. Just, <laughs> <laughs> nothing sets off the flavor of a steak. Oh, like the both delicious, of hey, course, this comes is, from this, the central you, Wisconsin. This is, yeah, this is the four outdoorsman radio show. But I suppose you can cook hash browns outside. Yes, you can. Yeah, All right, well, good yeah. for you, man. Anyway, back to I. Sorry about that. Back to balsam. We had I digress a, a heck a heck of a time. When's the last time you and just your family went anywhere? I can't remember. I honestly you always can't. do family things yeah. or trips. We do everything with our families, which is also, you know, very fun. Um, Kirsten and I were talking about that on way up. We didn't think I don't I can't remember with us and all four of our kids currently yeah. um, have been able to travel together and it was absolutely amazing. Balsam Beach Resort is catered to the family. Uh, it's almost like you feel so comfortable when you're there. Like the mm-hmm. kids are like, I'm gonna go to the playground and you're not like Okay, you know, watch across, you know, watch your, yeah, don't walk across the street, but it's like it's right there, right? Everyone around there, you know, Patty's looking out the window, just a great time. And Patty and Clint are just make you feel so comfortable. What I love too is I, I got a chance to meet a lot of the regulars with the uh, 
they invited me to the golf classic. So a big part of their resort is seasonal camper rentals. So there's a lot of the same like retirees or people that work during the week. And a lot of the people that come every weekend and, and they all just seemed very nice, including our next door neighbor, Tim. I want to give a shout out to him. He showed me a muskie mount. I think it was 55 inches wow. that he caught on on the lake. Wow. And with a little number four Rapala trolling for, you know, either walleyes or perch. But he pulled in this muskie with, you know, a three inch crankbait. How many years ago? I don't know exactly. I think it was ten or so, but it was uh, it was an incredible fish. I was talking to Clint too yeah, about thank the you. Yeah, it is. about the seasonals, um, how close they get with them, you know. And they've yeah. been invited to graduations, weddings, birthdays. And I was talking to Clint about it because they acquired the land across the street from them. Like he told us a couple of years ago, right? Right. He said they have. I don't know if he'll be mad at me saying this, but he said they have a waiting list of fifty people trying to get it in the seasonals 50 hmm. i oh, mean my phone's ringing so that just kidding, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying that just shows yeah. you right there how awesome of a place it is you well, know you guys I'm, I'm happy for you i'll be going up to devil's lake here in a couple of weeks with a couple of buddies as well you guys have just been doing too much and maybe mm-hmm. sam can go maybe not possibly I mean, we'll find out and, and mark can't because he's got a whole lot of stuff going on but i'll go up there with a couple of buddies and uh, and uh, and share the same stories you guys are sharing yeah. about Balsam Beach Resort. But Mark, Sam was up with two or three or four days. Maybe you yeah. were up there for a week. I can't picture. I just can't picture being in the same place <laughs> for more than days, five hours for seven days with kids. <laughs> yeah. I just could not picture. I went. I had my grandkids for two days, a day and a half, yeah. and Dinah took them back to the, their place, and she's on the way to the cabin right uh-huh. now. And and uh, uh, I I hope you get there safely, Diana. But it was. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's it is. It's a lot of work. It is. Luckily, we, you know, we had grandparents and two sets of parents. We kind of did shifts. We, we got a good a good system going, you know, like uh, my sister-in-law is not an early riser. So we'd take kind of the first shift, you know, get the kids fed, get them maybe to the pool or something. And then, you know, later on, there'd be opportunities for relaxing. But yeah, it's a mad... I mean, there was, you know, five... Kids running around constantly screaming. Um, you know, we did have to break out the iPad or watch a movie once in a while. They had some DVDs up there. But um, what I loved about it the most is it, it brought back memories of when I went to Hayward every year as a kid. And the freedom you'd experience as a seven, eight, nine year old kid to just go to the park by yourself, go mm-hmm. down to the beach, go throw a lure, just little bit of independence it's a safe spot where you can yeah. go and you don't have to worry as a parent you know hey you want to go down and play in the water trampoline i know you can swim it's yep. it's safe it's three feet deep <clears throat> so i'm like go play go do your thing and and it kind of like almost took him aback that wait i can go do this stuff on my own i'm like yeah, yeah be free go get you know go and, run through a wood somewhere and both of our kids and dustin and jill's kids probably aren't used to that no they're you not. know and that's where it's like when I said like they can go do that, it's it's so yeah. comforting to know that they're in a, like a, a safe place, you know. And it, it was, you know, I, I think it's a awesome. And what I I love about kids too is if there's any other kid that's the same age, they immediately just run up and start. Playing. They're like oh, magnets. Yeah. It's yeah. like when do you lose that in your life where yeah. you can't just you still have it, sure. You yeah, can walk that's... up to any person on the planet and start a conversation. I'm and, a kid and be comfortable. I cannot. It's it's not natural for me. But I love that. So we had a family in between us from Illinois. They had a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, and it's just like immediately go play. 
And, yep. and I love that. Did so, it bother you that your wife faked an injury so she <laughs> didn't have to do half the chores up there? I said that, and it did not go over well. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should have not opened my mouth. I but. walked into his house just now and uh, to pick him up to come to the radio show, and his wife is in, in a boot, you know, a, a, for an injury, some kind of ankle injury or something like that. And uh, so obviously she did not fake an injury. What happened? It was her foot, right? Yeah, so we were. she has a history of plantar fasciitis, which is a tendon right on the bottom of your foot. And she's a long-distance runner, so she always struggles with those kind of problems. And um, we were playing one-on-one basketball. Now, she played – she's a very competitive person, and she's a good athlete. I did not play basketball. I played, played hockey, so I'm terrible. But I'm tall, and, and so I was, I was blocking her and boxing her out or whatever. And she knew she couldn't shoot over me, so she tried going around me. So she took a quick cut. I think her foot hit the edge of the pavement and pop. Just something popped in her foot. And she could not walk at all for half of our vacation. So I went to Walmart. It was the cheapest healthcare thing I've ever gotten. I got crutches at Walmart for thirty dollars. There you go. And uh, better than Medicare. She, I know she could hobble around, and she is getting better. But um, yeah, it was tough. It was tougher because she does so much for the kids that that. Uh, I'm grumpy lately because yeah. I have to do a lot more. <laughs> so your wife is recuperating. My wife is recuperating. She had major back surgery two uh, two weeks ago, and she's doing fine. You know, she's moving good. around, and uh, uh, stitches look good. They're the stitches that dissolve. You know, yeah. and uh, she's uh, today's a good day. Yesterday wasn't a good day. Today's a good day, but uh, every day's getting better. So. Uh, Kind of prayers to both those ladies. Mark, you got some shout-outs? What's going on? Well, I should probably talk about the fishing up there since uh, this is a fishing show. Sure, I Caught guess. Caught a really nice 23-inch trolling. So when we went up the same time two years ago, the weeds were a little more developed. They said up north they're about two weeks behind, Clint was saying. Yep. So two weeks behind, normal gl- growth for this time of year. So it wasn't the traditional, you know, troll around the mid-bar and catch walleyes like crazy. So walleyes were hard to find, but we tr- – I. Gave Nick the pleasure of pulling in northerns for trolling. So we trolled every evening, and he would we caught maybe 10, 12 northerns a night sometimes, caught a nice perch. So the fishing and a was... crappie. And a crappie. The fishing was slow for uh, for walleyes. I did find one nice one, but, um, you know, the fish were... If you work for it, you can find them. It's a great lake for You me. know, I was talking to you on the way here. A good friend of mine was just south of Grand Rapids as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Trying to think of the name of the lake. Mark Burkhammer usually listens, and if you if you are listening, uh, Mark, text me what lake you're. Well, you don't have to, to want to. That's his secret honey hole, I guess. And they slaughter the smallmouth and the walleyes all the time this time of the year. And he only fished up there for five days as compared to seven because of the same thing. Number one, the weather was really warm, but they were not catching. It, they said the weeds aren't high enough yet, and they're about two or three weeks behind. That's yep. so it's got to be the same general area. And not to plug balsam again, but that's a nice thing. If the fishing isn't, you know, mm-hmm. great, it's still a beautiful lake to pull a tube, mm-hmm. to go back to all their amenities of with the floatable jungle gyms yep. they have. I mean, he's got $30,000 worth of floatables there for the kids to play on. Yeah. All the little kayaks, the paddle boards, the beach. I mean, it, it is a fantastic place. I'll tell you, so I haven't spent, besides our time there, I haven't spent a lot of time in the Bemidji area. Just in Minnesota, we have so many places to go. Yeah. I rented a cabin in McGregor for a while. You know, I've been up north, the Lake of the Woods. In Minnesota, I, I just haven't spent a lot of time in Bemidji, and, and it is cool to, to explore it. Like, we went to Itasca State Park. I don't know. Have you ever been there, the headwaters? As a matter of fact, I have not, and I'm from Minnesota, and I've never been to Itasca State Park. It's incredible. It's an incredible park. They have so much to do. They had uh, – it's kind of funny. They had the, the, the state's oldest tree or tallest tree tallest. or whatever. 
and we drove by and it says formerly tallest tree there's a windstorm that broke it in half <laughs> so now they have they had to change all their signs to formally yeah, yeah just across and then you walk out. in through the mosquitoes and you see half a tree you know yeah but it was funny. beautiful it was big there was there was so much um to do that we didn't really explore we spent most of our time at the headwaters but um go see Itasca state park it was just it was really really cool beautiful old so it's got 25 percent of the state's natural old growth forests. So it's, it was started in the 1800s. Um, some people with foresight saw the logging industry just decimate the northern part of the state. And so they blocked off, I don't know how many thousands of acres, but uh, it's original old growth forest. What forest would look like if humans never arrived? And, and just to see the trees, you don't see trees that big anymore. So it, it's an incredible place. I highly recommend it. That Good is cool. You. Hey, Brandon, I don't know if you were aware of, uh, uh, of course, my wife, get back to my wife's back injury, but this is really funny. And Sam, you might have been involved in this thread as well. But I, I was with some guys in the New bump. Richmond. Yeah, I was in, in New Richmond, Somerset, Wisconsin, having lunch, and Dinah's at the cabin. And her doctor said she went for her, her checkup after two weeks. Everything's fine, but she has a little raised area by her scar tissue there that's got to be massaged and kind of, you know, just kind of keep, you know, that. And uh, so I said, honey, I said, I'm having lunch. I'll be home about 3 o'clock, and I'll rub your bump. And, and that's all I said, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, somehow it was on a thread with Mark Lukey. This is not Sam, the first time you've yeah, done this. Yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden I got, I got some text from the guys. Boy, I can't wait. I'm yeah. looking forward Sounds to fun. it. Yes. I, I kept Thanks. saying I my bump is excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't wait. <laughs> text from Strew saying yeah. he wants to rub our bumps. So yeah, what a gift. <laughs> Oops, sorry, but uh, I was half expecting Diana to end up in uh, this week in Barron County or something with the way that you introed that deal. She was out at the cabin, and then uh, next thing there's a 911 call, and guess what? She's in the paper. So, (laughs) man calls about local bump being (laughs) right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah the Barron County Police Report. Yeah, Yeah. uh, uh, she's doing fine. I went to the Twins game today. I told you I took my grandkids. Uh, Hey, uh, the park that's called. Franconia Sculpture Park off of 95 Highway. Oh, your highway. video looked great. Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. really strange. It's, it's art is weird. You've yeah. you got to start with $10, and you park for $10 for, a, for the whole thing. And then you can spend three hours looking at all the stuff. 90% of it doesn't make any sense, but it's amazing. And you think, what inspired these people to do this kind of artwork? Drugs. A yeah. lot of mushrooms. And, <laughs> and they don't make any money, I don't think. You know, how do you sell that ten stuff? Bucks. But, but ten bucks. Starving artists. But it's really, if you get a chance, it's a cool, cool walk. Uh, a lot of neat stuff there. I took my three grandkids and, and uh, then uh, spent time at my son Mike's place. My son Mike's got, and Eric have a number of cows. So I t- we took those three kids to go feed the cows, and the cows were chasing the four-wheelers, man, because they heard these four-wheelers coming. They know food's coming. We throw five gallons of food out there. It was just like, it's like... You know, Jurassic Park. I never the cows. That's like, cows are big, man. That's like Kirsten when dinner's ready. Me and the boys start running after her, <laughs> and she just starts throwing slop down. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go, slop for so the boys. It was a lot of fun. A good experience for those guys too. Went to the Twins game today, which was not any fun because number one, these three kids had never even seen them in a baseball game. They don't know what a ball four is, and the Twins got one hit. I mean, how exciting is this? You know, you can only sing. You know, Take we're gonna win Twins four times. You yeah, know, that kind of thing. But, uh, but, they weren't uh, playing Twingo. That's yeah. fun. Twingo. Good times with the grandkids. Yeah. That's, you know, memories. I mean, uh, and that's playing with the cows. That's I still have a very vivid memory of my grandpa when I was a kid. 
uh, by our cab, and he would call in the cows from like a neighboring farm, like by yelling "Come, boss!" That was his thing. But yeah. they would all come yeah. and come walking right up to the fence, and then he would scare them all and go like, and they would like run. But then they would chase, like they loved it. They were playing with them, and they I remember them chasing us all the way down like the road when we were driving away. They still wanted us to hang out and play. But so yeah, cows and kids. That's a good memory. Life is go, nothing more than memories. I'll tell you. I'm sure, what, the farmer loved you. Scaring the one, crap more, out of one more, <laughs> one more thing happened that has happened to a lot of people. And never me until yesterday. So I opened the gate to uh, go take the four-wheeler through. It's the Ranger, whatever he's got. And went through the woods at my son Mike's property, fed the cows. And then we closed the gate. Now, there was a chain that I had to wrap around the pole and lock it and and, uh, those kind of things. I unlocked it, let the chain drop, went in. And uh, I didn't know that the wiring was electric, that it it was on. So when I came back out... I went to pick up the chain to lock onto the fence. It was touching the wires, and I got knocked completely right up. Oh, man. It took you down? Did you go down? Yeah, I went down. It was freaking. So I'm on this side of the fence. Let's picture on this side of the fence. I'm trying to do this with my hands. And the chain's over there. I take a stick, and I'm trying to get the stick away from (laughs) and trying to grab the chain, but it's not long enough. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I had Diana to go tell Mike to turn the wire something off. Then I realized I can just push the gate open, go on the other side. Then, yeah, <laughs> take this drive backwards. Take the stick. Yeah. Right. And uh, but anyway, if you've ever been shocked by yeah. an electric fence, I uh, can feel it by you just. Oh, saying you only that. want to do once. It. I can feel it. It happened to my son Mike a couple of years ago at his farm as well, and we're getting ready for the break and calling Tim Spielman from Outdoor News. And Mike was on his knees in water. And he somehow touched the electric fence. He said he blacked out. I mean, it was—it just got him. That's Boom! Scary. It was that. But uh, it's freaky. So I—I I suggest you do not pee on electric fence. That's one thing. You're hey, we'll be back with Tim Spielman of uh, the Outdoor News. Going to talk a little bit about pheasant hunting. But I tell you what, this dog breeding thing he's gone through—that's a big story. Checking in with the four outdoorsmen. Find them at mybobcountry.com under the weekend tab. Hey, Devil's Lake, North Dakota is a lot more than just fishing. Walleye. Something's happened all year long, including classic cars and hot rods rally. The movie Jersey Boys is going to be in the park on July 13th. Jumbo Perch. Rib Fest and John Fogarty Concert, July 16th, annual golf tournament in August. Walleye. Hey, get ready for the Devil's Lake fish fry. Maybe a couple of hours at the casino. Duck hunting. A rodeo comes to town at Devil's Lake on September 9th, followed by the ever-popular wine walk through town. Pheasant hunting. Hey, before you know it, it's going to be time for fun at Shiverfest right around the corner. Walleyes, jumbo perch. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, tell you what an unforgettable year-round experience. Call Dezeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional AC repair at your West Metro or Wright County home. Dezeal knows the feeling when your AC goes out on a hot summer day. Don't sweat over a unit that's on the fritz. Dezeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dezeal's trucks are stocked to repair any AC system and can get your cool air flowing again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your AC goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it's too late. DezealHVAC.com Looking for the perfect northern Minnesota family summer vacation? Then you must check out Balsam Beach Resort and RV Camp just south of Bemidji. The fishing on Lake Plantagenet is great, but the emphasis here is family. The cabins are beautiful yet rustic, the grounds perfectly maintained. The beautiful pool is heated and there are plenty of water toys to keep the kids smiling all day long. 
See for yourself why many guests return year after year after year. The four outdoorsmen included. Visit balsambeachresort.com. Hey guys, you don't have to just accept loss of energy, depression, fatigue, and loss of muscular strength. With help from Everest Men's Health, I'm starting to feel better already. I've started working out, I'm improving my diet, and my hormone levels are back in check. You two can schedule a $50 testosterone test, including blood testing, body composition, and consultation with one of Everest Men's Health medical experts at one of their three Twin Cities locations. Go to EverestMensHealth.com. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with a combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. You know, you can't say Ely without thinking of Arrowhead Outdoors, Ely, Minnesota's best bait and camping store. And whether you love walleye, pike, panfish, or trout, Arrowhead has more variety of bait and tackle than any other store for many miles. And Chris and Steve, well, they're going to treat you like family. One of our listeners, Will Goble, says, Thanks to Chris and Steve for helping make our last three weeks the very best. Your tips on where to fish and what to use, well, they're the reasons we did so well. I love Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota. Tis the season of camping, boating, and fishing, and you don't want to be left out because your trailer's broken. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove can fix it and get you back to the outdoors. Crystal Welding offers a wide variety of services, including welding, maintenance, and repairs for all types of trailers. Crystal Welding is your one-stop shop for all of your trailer needs. Go to crystalwelding.com for more information. Crystal Welding. Solutions. Service. Results. Crystal Welding gets the job Tired of power sport dealers not having what you want? Sick of supply chain issues excuse? Power Lodge currently has the largest inventory of CF Moto ATVs, UTVs, and side-by-sides in stock in Minnesota. The 2022 CF Moto lineup is better than ever and comes stocked with lots of great accessories like winches, roofs, USB charging ports, handguards, and more. Work smarter and play harder with CF Moto. Stop by Power Lodge in Ramsey or Onamia to see why CF Moto is the fastest growing brand in the power sports industry. The countdown is on. And just stays away from Moondance Rock Weekend. Featuring co-headliners, Daughtry, Collective Soul, plus a tribute to Bowie with a band that fell to earth. Saturday's Rockin' with Brad Michaels, Candlebox, and Cold Kingdom. Pre-party Thursday with a rising force, revisiting Creedence, and Tommy DiCarlo, singer of Boston. You can still save off the gate price when you order now. Call 218-836-1055 or visit MoondanceJamEvents.net. Moondance Rock Weekend. Weekend. July 22nd and 23rd, Walker, Minnesota. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're speaking another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. They say to never mess with the classics, but Panera did just that and more with our new Chef's Chicken Sandwiches. By using pan-seared chicken, our secret garlic aioli recipe... 
Parmesan crisps, and pickle chips, all on a buttery brioche roll. Because if no one messed with the classics, you'd never have a chicken sandwich this good. New Chef's Chicken Sandwiches from Panera. Only $1 delivery fee when you order on our app. Restrictions apply. For details, visit PaneraBread.com slash delivery info. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's have some fun. Tim Spielman from my Bible, the Outdoor News, is uh, is on the air. And uh, Tim, welcome to the Four Outdoorsmen, sir. Hey, it's great to be here with you guys. I, you're, you guys are all over the board tonight with your topics, aren't you? Yeah, we are. It's <laughs> what we do. That's our first segment. It's kind of a smorgasbord. Yeah, first part is usually menus. And uh, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> how do you like your hash browns? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You a crispy type of guy? Hey, Tim. I don't know if you ever met uh, either Mark or Sam, but both are about six five and three fifty. You know, so that goes up ten pounds every four. Yeah, weeks. yeah. So, so food is a food is a big topic. So speaking of food. <laughs> They both like pheasants, and you love pheasant hunting, right? Nice segue. Uh, yeah, that was a great segue. You're, Thanks, you're, you're good at this job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's about that time of year. I look at the calendar, and I think we're only a couple months away, which is hard to believe because I've been sweating all weekend. And uh, <laughs> But, you know, we uh, I, I wrote a column last week, as you know, about um, how, the, how the outlook is, which yeah. is pretty difficult to determine right now, but... There's a lot of good indicators out there, so I found that good news. You know, I tell you what, and and uh, I, there have been no you're not, you haven't done the road counts just yet, right? I know that's one of the main calculators you guys have. Yeah, yeah, I, I usually check in now just to see how the the, the uh, patch went. You know, I, it's hard to say, but the weather was really good in the second and third weeks of June, which is. Uh, you know the, the kind of the critical time for uh, for uh, nesting and for uh, chicks to get their first um, bites of insects and things like that. But yeah, the real indicator comes in August. Well, we'll find out in September how they went. But it's the August roadside counts that the DNR does every year, and they count uh, lots of different animals. But for hunters' purposes, it's mostly pheasants that we want to hear about, and that. That gives you a better idea of the numbers out there, and it's not 100% accurate like uh, no survey is, but um, it, it kind of gives you an index of what you might encounter come mid-October. Hey, Tim, uh, what hurts the pheasant count? Like, what type of weather? Obviously, I'm sure a really bad winter affects it, but, like, during the summer, um, I have some property in East Bethel, and all in the spring and all late fall, I've, I heard cackling like crazy. I had pheasants running everywhere, and I Maybe okay. it's just not common, but I haven't heard them in like a month and a half, few months. Is that normal? Well, you know what? I'm. <laughs> that'd probably be a better uh, question for a biologist. But my guess is that a lot of that cackling early is leading up to the breeding season. You know, okay. <laughs> animals uh, of all kinds make uh, you know they're, they they do their calling in the spring, then they do their breeding, and I suppose that the hens head off and they lay their eggs and they hatch, and who knows what the roosters do? But there's probably I'm guessing that's probably why there's that uh, semi-quiet period. I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. But um, to back up to the you, you mentioned winter, and I think at least in the southern part of the state, I know it was pretty harsh when you got farther north. There was a lot of snow. But in the Pheasant Range, it was cold. It maybe lingered a little bit. But um, I don't think the snow depth had a real big impact on pheasants. So um, that was a good sign. June was uh, had good weather. We didn't have any uh super cold or wet stretches 
So, I mean, up to this point, things are looking good. You know, Tim, I love reading every one of your articles, yours and Rob's, and everybody else who contributes to the outdoor news. And I mean this sincerely. I can feel your energy and your enthusiasm when you write stories about the pheasants last week as well as the breeding, the puppy spring as well. I think, honest to God, I think you are addicted to pheasants. I think you need therapy uh, because you are I'm, – I'm, I'm, there has to be a group of guys who just need therapy just to talk all the time because you – are ready to go. You want to. You want to. You want to start hunting tomorrow. <laughs> we could skip right past July and August, <laughs> maybe even part of September, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But yeah, and you know, it, I don't know if you remember Stu. A few other guys might too. But way back when, when I was at the paper, the federal season used to end in mid December. Yes. Um, yes. I can't remember when that was. It's been a long time now. But I got on this tangent several times and said. Why can't we have this pheasant season longer? Why can't, is there a reason for it? Because right. other states did it. Yeah. Well, and again, I can't remember the year. I bet it's been 15 years ago. But um, they extended that pheasant season. And those last two weeks, or an additional two weeks, and sometimes a little bit more, is just so wonderful. I, I, I love that. It gives you something to do at Christmas, and I will go until the bitter end. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Which less... is a long way out, and it's hard to think, uh, you know, have a 20-mile-an-hour wind in your face when it's 10 below and you're still out there doing that right now. You can't really imagine it. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I go as soon as I can, and I don't stop till we're done. I uh, think it's all about the dogs as well. I tell you what, it's, it's not too early to start preparing because you obviously are preparing to hunt in 2022. What are mm-hmm. some tips? What are you doing to prepare for 2022 already? Well, I, I think, you know, what I'm doing, and I'm not saying I do it right, but my dog is young yet, so getting her in hunting condition is not a big deal because she won't she she doesn't stop right now. She's a black lab, and uh, you know it, as much as you can. I know a lot of t- dogs take breaks, but I when it's hot like this, I like to go to a local lake. I don't live on a lake, but there's some nearby, and if you can find water and do some water work with them, I mean, just to get them in condition, I think is the big thing because when it's 90 degrees, you don't want to be running them outside. Yeah. You don't want to be outside either. So. Right. So that's the main thing. And, and, you know, I was thinking about the other day, and I pulled out some, uh, I talked to a trainer friend of mine, and I just started working on those little things because whether it's ducks or or pheasants, dogs, they kind of need that refresher course. And a lot of those things aren't too strenuous, and you can do them this time of year, mostly obedience-type things. But, you know, you just got to be thinking ahead um, for yourself as well as your dog, and that's that's part of it. Um, getting them in shape and, and uh, <laughs> reminding them what they're going to be doing, yeah. you know, not far down the road here. Hey, Tim, uh, Mark here. Obviously, with the lab, they're known for duck, duck hunting and pheasant hunting. Does one take from the other, or... Can a dog really excel at both, or, or how does that work? Do you have to do you have to kind of pick what they're going to be experts at, or can they can they do both as well? Oh, lab that if we're talking lab specifically. Yeah. they can do both equally well. Um, from my experience, I've always both the labs I've had have been really high energy. So actually, pheasant hunting is easier because you don't have to rein them in quite as much. Yeah. But and, and that's where the training comes in. I mean, discipline is it's one thing for pheasant hunting, but it's quite, in my opinion, it's quite another for duck hunting because you're talking a lot of excitement and birds and quacking, and you're usually with a group of people. And when the shooting starts, there's quite a bit of shooting as compared to most pheasant hunts. 
So, but and, and you don't want the dog released until it's time. So that dog has to really exercise some discipline to sit there through all that before getting to do what it's there to do. Uh, I tell you what, talking about the dogs, it, it, I gotta, I gotta give you a little kudos. I, again, I love your writing. I think it's wonderful. And the story, if you guys have not picked up the outdoor news and read the the article, the column, wait, it's not a column, it's an article called Puppy Spring, How a Trio of Labs Transformed a Season, written by by Tim here. It is amazing, whether you're a dog lover or not, what you went through is is so emotional and so pressure-filled. I can, I, it's, it's a wonderful story. How do you go from owning a little puppy as a kid to getting to a hunting dog to becoming a breeder? <laughs> I mean, how do you fall into that? I wouldn't put myself quite in the breeder camp yet. I here, here's the thing, and you read it in the story. I always say um, you got if you're going to do that, you have to do it for the right reason. And I lay out some of those reasons. Is you know you you want to better the breed primarily, and I won't go into it, but I have a lot of confidence in my dog, what she can do in her pedigree, and I found a male match and. I had friends that were looking for dogs, and they really liked my dog. And I said, well, maybe I can do something about it. And then I did. And <laughs> it was quite the roller coaster, I'll say that. But I tell you what, I hope what people take away from it, among other things, is that when you get your puppy at eight weeks old, um, you think, oh, boy, now the, now the work begins. But a lot of people don't realize that eight weeks that the, that the breeders put into those puppies from – well, even before that, you know. Absolutely. You go, through, you go through the breeding, you get a pregnant dog, um, you're getting everything ready, and then puppies are born, and hopefully things go a little more smooth than they did for me. Then you've got eight weeks with, with newborn puppies, and if mom does her job, um, the first two weeks go pretty smooth, but they grow up, you're moving them around, you're cleaning up after them, and it, it, really, <laughs> it really consumes you for uh, a good two months. Anyway. Oh, it must, so, it must. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, Tim, uh, reading your article, I think it's really great how, um, you know, you want to better the breed itself. And before you breed, you do all sorts of testing. It's amazing how much work goes into that. You know, you always, we grew up, you know, farm dogs. Hey, we got puppies, you know, here you go, have one. But yep. to, to have um, a long line and pedigree and to get that testing first, because we all know that, you know, labs can be, have hip problems or certain diseases like any breed. But, mm-hmm. um there is a lot to go in that into that. How important is pedigree when, say, you're Joe Schmo that wants to try training a uh, duck hunting, pheasant hunting? Is pedigree the most important thing to get a great line, or is it, uh, you know, kind of nature versus nurture argument with labs? What What do you think has the most influence? Yeah, I, you know, um, that. <laughs> One thing I learned through this whole thing is that people's opinions on almost everything when it comes to breeding, mm-hmm. uh, it, it varies. Everybody has a different opinion, and I, I respect that. I, you know, I think pedigree is very important because it shows that what it shows is if you've got field trial champions, it shows that yeah. it's a dog that, that uh, has the physical characteristics and is trainable, and that's a big deal. But again, my last, my first dog, Mo, who we probably talked about in the in the past. Uh, I paid sixty dollars for her, and she's a fantastic dog. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you definitely—I w- I don't want to put percentages on, it, but you get out of a dog what you put into a dog. You right. know, if if you just think the dog because it's a, a lab or because it's golden retriever, it's going to naturally be a hunter. Well, then you're sadly mistaken. Um, a lot of training has to go into it, and 
you know, even from the same litter, I think it. Uh, the, the more I see dogs, the more I think, yep, they definitely all have their own personality. So, yep. to, to maybe answer your other question about the testing and, and the hips and the elbows and the eyes and all that stuff, I, I think, I think part of that is you want to know for yourself that everything is good, and you want to know that genetically it's probably going to, you know, if you've got the right uh, dam and the right sire, that it's going to pass those on. So you're selling people good quality dogs. Mm-hmm. And that's why when people buy dogs, they should look at pedigree and they should look at those things because, you know, it's it's like doing background on a television you're going to buy. Not exactly, but right. you're doing your research. And I know Tony Peterson used to write with us. We, we always talked about you got to do your research if you're getting a puppy. And there's a lot of reputable trainers out there, and there's some who aren't. So, you know, that's up to the up to the buyer, of course. You talk about Tony Peterson. He's a great guy, and we've had him on a couple of times as well. He knows a lot about dogs. You said earlier that, you know, no, I'm not quite a breeder, Justin, not quite a breeder. I'm reading something here that, that eh, holds true to that. When the third pup came came out and, and Wanda was there, and you said, why is it so pale? And she said, because it's a yellow lab, dummy. That's <laughs> yeah. All right, so maybe exactly uh, may, maybe it, I'm not quite a breeder yet. Maybe I'm not quite a breeder yet. Hey, it didn't even cross my mind. Liza's <laughs> my dog's mom was yellow, and the sire's dad was also yellow. So there was a pretty darn good chance there was going to be yellow lab in the mix. And uh, <laughs> there it was. I just wasn't ready for it. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one more question. We got to wrap this up, and, and I mean this sincerely. There's a there's a there's a, a part of it is a business part of it is is owning dogs and emotionally involved and becoming friends and loving them. How do you not get emotionally involved in a dog and just become a crushed human being when you not get rid of one but sell them or do whatever you do? I think that would be just heartbreaking. <laughs> well, like I said, most most breeders who do the breeding constantly, they've got a litter coming and a litter going, and I'm sure they get attached to some extent, but they've always got the next litter up. And I didn't, and I only had three. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and plus I've got the personality for that getting attached sort of thing to the dog. So, yeah. uh, so it was tough. I, You know, I, I had friends that spoke for two of them, and then I met someone um, actually through Tony Peterson who wanted the third one. And my gosh, I'm, I'm glad that guy didn't hesitate too much because I might have kept another dog that I did not need because oh, yeah. I really liked that yellow girl. She was uh, kind of a spitfire, and I could tell she had a lot of her mom in her. So um, I always say it, the guy that got her and his family, they got a great dog, but he's also got his hands full. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Spielman, Outdoor News. I'll tell you what, I mean this sincerely, whether you're a dog lover or not. Read Puppy Spring in the Outdoor News in the July 15th issue. It is a wonderful story. You'll get a kick out of it. You'll become involved. Uh, Tim, thanks for all the stuff you do with the Outdoor News because you're one of the reasons we are still in this industry. We love having you uh, be one of our friends and supporters, and we'll keep supporting you guys as well. You bet. I appreciate it. It's great talking to you guys. All right. Say hi to our friend Rob as well there, would you please? I will do that tomorrow. Take care, sir. (laughs) All right. You bet, buddy. Have a good night. Puppy Spring, Tim Spielman. It's a great story. Hey, We'll get back uh, to you in a couple of seconds here. Bob Goebel is going to be on. And I don't know the other guy's name. What's the other guy's name? Um, Amber. What? Brian. Mason Amber. Brian, right? Brian. Brian is the guy I worked with. His, yeah. And his his kid. son's going to be on. Anyway, they're uh, Montemita High School uh, trap shooting in Clay Target and who knows what else. We'll talk to those guys in a couple of minutes.
Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. Thanks to Aurora Asphalt and Concrete. Go to aurora-asphalt.com for a free, quick estimate. Hey, Devil's Lake, North Dakota is a lot more than just fishing. Walleye. Something's happening all year long, including classic cars and hot rods rally. The movie Jersey Boys is going to be in the park on July 13th. Jumbo Perch. Rib Fest and John Fogarty Concert, July 16th. Annual golf tournament in August. Walleyes. Hey, get ready for the Devil's Lake Fish Fry. Maybe a couple of hours at the casino. Duck hunting. A rodeo comes to town at Devil's Lake on September 9th, followed by the ever-popular wine walk through town. Pheasant hunting. Hey, before you know it, it's going to be time for fun at Shiver Fest, Right around the corner. Walleyes. Jumbo Perch. Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Tell you what an unforgettable year-round experience. Balsam Beach Resort, the only resort on Lake Plantagenet, and that's five miles south of Bemidji. With 2,500 acres of pristine waters, you're going to find some of the best fishing northern Minnesota has to offer. Balsam Beach has been owned by Patty and Clint for nearly 30 years, so you know they treat their guests as family. There's something for everyone from swimming, biking, hiking, daily activities, even Friday night bonfires are just relaxing in the sun. Let the simple pleasures of fresh air and sunsets do their magic at Balsam Beach Resort. Guys, it's time to take your mind and body back. I recently got tested at Everest Men's Health and it turns out I had extremely low testosterone. The good news is the team at Everest Men's Health caught it and now I'm on a custom plan to improve my life. A $50 testosterone and body composition test is the first step to get back on track. Go to everestmenshealth.com to schedule a visit at one of their three Twin Cities locations. I'm glad I did, and you should too. Last year we went to an event that was an incredibly good time, and we'd love to invite you this year. It's called Landcastle 2022 and Winstead Outdoor Show, presented by Burkhan Outdoors. It's September 9th and 10th in Winstead, Minnesota. Hook up your fish house and join the party. Design the fish house of your dreams from Smoky Hills Outdoor Store. Shop the vendor market from companies like Clam and Ice Castle, listen to music, or enjoy barbecue and beer from Big Boar Barbecue. Tickets and details at LandCastleSummerFest.com. Welcome back, Arrowhead Outdoors Bait and Tackle and Camping Store in Ely, Minnesota. Sure, you can buy your live bait at a local gas station, but it might be dead before you get to the lake. Or you can talk with Chris and Steve at Arrowhead. They work with local suppliers, and they have the freshest, liveliest minnows and leeches in the entire area. And that's for sure. But tell you while you're at it, bring your coffee cup and spend a few minutes getting all the advice you need to make your trip to Ely one of the fantastic memories of life. I've been patronizing these guys for many, many years. you got to find out why. Arrowhead Outdoors, Ely, Minnesota. What's the difference between a good net and a great net? Simple, it's all in the features. The Fortis nets by Clam Outdoors are tough, safe on fish, easy to use, and are backed by a limited time warranty, so you can count on your landing net catch after catch. Available in a wide array of options for all types of anglers, choose from various hoop shapes and sizes, handle lengths and colors. You pick the net that fits your fishing needs and style the best. Learn more at clamoutdoors.com. Tired of power sport dealers not having what you want? Sick of supply chain issues excuse? Power Lodge currently has the largest inventory of CF Moto ATVs, UTVs, and side-by-sides in stock in Minnesota. The 2022 CF Moto lineup is better than ever and comes stocked with lots of great accessories like winches, roofs, USB charging ports, handguards, and more. Work smarter and play harder with CF Moto. Stop by Power Lodge in Ramsey or Onamia to see why CF Moto is the fastest growing brand in the power sports industry. Total 
May we're back, Strewman, Mark, Lukey, Sam, off it all, Brandy behind the glass. Those are the four outdoorsmen. We have a lot of fun every Sunday between 6 and 7, just before Real Talk Outdoors at 7 o'clock. Enjoy those guys as well. So right now, we're going to talk. I'll tell you what. Uh, we're going to talk to these guys a couple of seconds, but i got to mention the lake that my buddy fishes on by Grand Rapids. We talked about Lake Wabana. That's the lake we were talking about, uh, the first part. Hey, Bob Goble, are you there, sir? Hey, Stu, how you doing? Every day is a gift. And how about uh, Brian? Are you there, Brian Amberg? Brian's there too, right? Hey, Stu, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that voice, Brian. How are you? How you doing? Brian and yeah. I worked together, what was that, 15 years ago, 12 years ago? Yeah, yeah something around there. It's been a while. It's a long time. Was I just, that at the place where you tried jumping a sawhorse? Yeah, that is the place. I just <laughs> wanted to remind everybody that that happened, and there is a video of it on YouTube. Uh, YouTube so, yep. yeah. If you go to Sawhorse uh, Hurdle Fail on YouTube, I'm semi-famous. That was the job that I worked with Brian. But, Brian, always, always a pleasure to talk to you. You were a funny guy, and uh, let's continue with this conversation. Well, I'll tell you what. Bob Goble and Brian co-coach the Matamita High School, I think, skeet team. Am I correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, it would be the trap, skeet, five stand, and sporting clays teams. All four of them. Jeepers, creepers! You guys must make a lot of money. There's there's a different team for all of those, or one team that does all those events. There's one team for all those events. However, not all the kids participate in every discipline. Very all, good. All right. So, how do you determine how many guys or la- and ladies you have on a team, and how do you determine which ones go to each discipline? I know that, or just like soccer, when you're six years old, everybody gets a ribbon. Well, on our team, if you want to shoot, we'll let you shoot. You have to be 12 and a firearm safety. And if you want to shoot one discipline, that's fine. If you want to shoot all four, that's fine. We're going to let you shoot. We want the kids to have fun and be safe. Are there kids that you can tell? Now, you've been done this for a couple of years, I know, because we spoke a couple of years ago when you guys won the state tournament, I believe. But um, are there kids that you saw at the age of 12 or 13 who started three, four years ago just because you let them go because they never thought they'd have a chance and they become absolutely phenomenal shooters? I think uh, Brian and Mason should uh, talk about that. Uh, Mason's one of our better shooters on the team. And why don't you, uh, why don't you chime in there, Brian and Mason? Sure. So, yeah, I got into uh, clay shooting about eight years ago, mainly to be a better duck hunter. And back then, Mason was, you know, six, seven, eight years old. And he would tool around with us and play. And eventually we brought him out there with a, his 410. Um, he shot. He ended up shooting his first round uh, maybe eight years old. And he's been shooting with us ever since. So now he just turned 15. Um, he'll be a freshman next year. And this is. Well, technically, it's fourth year in the league, but we kind of lost a year to COVID. And so, it's pretty much, you know, we get everything from kids like Mason, who have been, you know, he's grown up hunting with me as long as he could walk, to we had kids this year who had never held a shotgun before that were on our team. How about, now, apparently Mason's a pretty good shot. There's some kind of rumor that is out that he may have won a state title this year? Uh, yeah, that is true. I won five stand state this year, and... uh I came second place in sporting place. Didn't take last you. Year I won state. Didn't take you long to talk, did it? You know, it's, <laughs> good for you, young <laughs> awesome. man. Good for you. I think I read someplace when you when you're in the major competitions, how many targets are you shooting at, and what is a good percentage out of you know 
out of 100, 200, 300, I think, wasn't it 500 targets in this competition? How many? Well, it depends on the discipline you're in. Right. Um, most of the high school ones are about 100. Um, last year, we, or yesterday, we were actually in a different competition, a sporting clays competition, where we shot 150 in a couple of different events. But um, I know at the end of this month, we're going to be in the NSCA Nationals, and that one will be shooting, uh, I think, right around 700 over the weekend. Man, oh, man. It's, it's, all over, it's all across the board. So, Mason, what do you average on 100? Uh, right now, my average is about an 80 for sporting clays. And then uh, the other ones, it's, I don't know, really know the other ones. But. Yeah, his scores for, I think, in five stand, he had a 87. Was that what you won state with? Yeah, no, 89. 89, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't sell him short, Dad. <laughs> yeah. It's keep, I think. Um, I think this year we finished a little bit last. Actually, we had another seventh grader, Ryan McCoy, that took second place this year. He had a 96, yep. if I recall. He had 96. Wow. Yep. And so, and then in sporty plays, and we think we're in the high 80s for that one. And Trap is, uh, and, and Trap, we're doing, we're a little bit more down to earth now. We're more, a little more average in there. Good, wow. Sam. So, state, state is up in Alexandria, correct? Correct, and that is actually the largest shooting event in the world. So I think wow. we'll have somewhere in the neighborhood of 8,000 kids that will shoot in that event wow. over the course of 10 days. And then did you guys go to nationals in Michigan then? Yeah, we were just there. We just got back from there last week, and I want to say that is right around 2,500. And basically what they do is they take the top averages from all these teams around the country and bring them in there. How um, did, sorry, how did you guys do at nationals? Participation. Well, that so counts. That, yeah, that's right. And, and nobody, I, nobody got hurt. How, yeah. how many, not to talk about competition, but how many, you know, we're all from the great state of Minnesota. How many teams represented Minnesota? And I believe we, I thought I read in this week's outdoor news that we had a couple place high. We did. And we have some very, very strong trap shooters. Now, the national was just trap shooting. I couldn't give you the exact number, but I would, you know, it's, I would gauge we're probably, you know, 30, 40% of the people there. I wow. just as just as a quick look, I'd have to I'd have to look through to give you an actual number. But Minnesota's got a strong showing in that event. We're talking with uh, Bob Goble, Brian uh, Amberg, and his son Mason. And Mason's a great shooter from the state of Minnesota. Mason, you see your average maybe 85 out of 100 Every time you shoot, you might get in the low 90s, maybe sometimes shoot in the high 70s, but 85 to 90. It's like a 90. golf game. Yeah, sure. like a golf game. What makes you a good shooter as you are, shooting 85 out of 100, and what does Mason have to work on to become better? Uh, well, I think what makes me be able to do that is, like, all the practice that I've done through, like, just the past couple of years. And, like, because uh, right now I'm shooting about five days a week. Um, but... That's a lot. Yeah. Who fun? Go ahead, yeah, Mark. I, just, I Go ahead. like to do it a lot. Good for you. I have a question, and and you know, obviously, uh, this might be for you, Brian. Ammo is really expensive. How do you do? You get some uh, like a discount from federal or something? How do how do you guys afford all the ammo to practice every day? So, federal and pretty much all the big ammo companies have stepped up for the kids. Yep. Um, I can't say enough. Bob can give you more details on that, but they make sure our kids have enough ammo. 
Now, obviously, we're going a little bit above and beyond what they do. Um, I pretty much have a full-time shop. We call it Amber Gamble in the basement where I'm constantly <laughs> reloading. Um, in addition to that, I am all over the state looking for it. So, I mean, we're, wow. it's nothing for me to go find some in Red Wing and all over the place. I do have a few other friends that will they'll track it down, and we'll go and buy what they got. I remember uh, I used to uh, do uh, a good amount of sales in the upper Midwest for Fiocchi ammunition out of Missouri, or originally Italy. But I remember they, about five years ago, started to make sure that there was enough allocation for high school shooting sports because it was getting so large, and it's probably even gotten a lot larger since then. But to your point, it's uh, ammo's not easy to come by, and kudos to those big those big names to uh, put some to the kids. Yeah, I can't say enough. And Fiocchi's, we've had Fiocchi shells too, and all of them, they've done a – they're there for the kids, and there's, I can't say enough for how great they've been. Obviously, I am uh, spend a lot of time in Montemita. I, my wife, and I lived there for 20 years plus, give or take, so I know where it is, eastern suburbs of the Twin Cities. Where do you guys practice five days a week? Do you do it in Oakdale, and are you running out of places to practice? So, Montemita, the team, practices at Bald Eagle, which is just north of there in Hugo. Right, okay. And then that's where we shoot five-stand, skeet, and trap, and then Game Unlimited, which is uh, north of Hudson, is where we shoot sporting clays. And both of those places have been great to us. They have they provide us coaches, and um, Pete out at Game Unlimited has actually set up a whole kids league out there. So we get our kids go out there, and they get basically masters teaching them. I mean, besides Bob, and then we go, and then then Bald Eagle, they've had the same thing. We got a bunch of old trap coaches out there, and old sporting and and um, skeet coaches that have really stepped up and helped us out there. Hey, Bob, I'm guessing that uh, young ladies becoming shooters is much more prevalent than it was five, ten years ago. What percentage of young ladies have you got on your team? Absolutely. Uh, this year I think we had 46 kids on the team, and eight of them were girls. Good. And like I've said in the past, our team is quite unique. Uh, we have kids you know, from sixth grade all the way through 12th grade, boys and girls. Uh, my son Jack is the seventh grader going into eighth grade. Uh, he joined when he was just 12 years old, and he'll he'll shoot all seven years or six years, whatever. Um, and it's like Brian was saying, it's it's for the kids that love hunting, but it's also for the kids that have never touched a gun before, that that just want to try it. We're we're there for the kids. We want them to learn, be safe, have fun. Good for you. Well, I just want to personally thank you and Brian. Um, as a coach of other sports, I know how much work it takes, and I can imagine this is as much or more as any sport, just with logistics and kid kid issues. Thank you both for teaching so many kids the sport and getting them excited about it and ter- teaching them how to be safe shooters. Thank you. Yeah, as far as this, I mean, anytime you get a kid to do any or any outdoor activity, I think it's worth every penny of it. And that's, we really enjoy doing it. All right, I'm going to ask you one more question, then we'll wrap it up because we got to do some shout-outs at the end of the show here. What? Uh, let's say I'm a kid uh, who's never shot a gun and, and don't have a gun. Can you help them out? Can, do they have people yep. who are, are letting – you have weapons they can use? Absolutely, we have guns yeah. that can use it. Yep, we'll take care of you. Good enough for me. Matamita High School, thanks. Oh, Sam's got something, right? Yeah, Mason, one final question for you, man. What kind of gun are you using? Uh, right now, he's a Browning Satori over-under. Attaboy. 
Yeah. We're a Browning family. I grew up on the old humpback, but they still use duck hunting. Ooh, my man. (laughs) (laughs) Take Eric, the guys. Thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman. That's uh, Bob Goble and uh, Brian and Mason Amberg of the Matamita High School shooting team. Keep going, and uh, we're proud of you, and and thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Take care, you guys. guys. Bobby, take care, and say hi to Wilba for me, will you please? I will. All right, will. take care of you guys. Hey, you got some shout-outs, Mark? Yeah, first, you got one, Sam? Yeah, a good buddy of mine, first-time listener tonight, Jeremy Paulson of Paulson Garage, came over, helped me uh, put in a couple garage doors. So if you're looking for anybody, Paulson Garage, veteran-owned company out of Oak Grove, great guy. Thanks for listening, Jeremy. That a boy. A couple other shout-outs we have. Thank you, everyone, for wrote on, that wrote on our shout-out page. If you want to be on the radio, just comment on our Four Doorsman shout-out post on facebook first one is our friend and sponsor steve rennenberg says walleye fishing remains good up here in ely despite the heat and has a great picture of a nice beautiful gold walleye Um, craig rudolph jr says fun weekend with my daughter's baseball team took first place today congratulations craig now out working in the garden in this lovely heat and sarah amberg who is brian's wife says uh Talk to Mason about winning the Sporting Clays Border Battle Sub Junior Class today. So success all around for Mason. Thank you, everyone, that wrote in on the shout-out. And that's pretty much our show. It felt good to be back here, boys. Uh, It's good to have you back. It's good to have you back. It's going to be weird getting back to normal life again. Yeah, you got to actually go to work this week. I know. At least pretend to. By the way, it's (laughs) funny. I I worked the Twins game last door. we got to go, I know. But Ron Sher, I'm working the Twins game. And uh, on last Wednesday or Thursday, and who walks up to me is Ron Shera. And he's, listen to this, Ron Shera's been in the state of Minnesota his entire life almost. He's never been to Target Field until until, until last last Wednesday. So that was a lot of fun. Met him and his wife, had a wonderful time BSing with him. Hey, thanks everybody for uh, listening to the Four Outdoorsmen. Tim Spielman, Bob Goble, Brian and Mason Amberg. Take care, everybody. It's been a lot of fun. Have a great week. Stay cool. My buddy Mark's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories.